listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Hi everyone, it's your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Wednesday the 18th of August. Now today, Qantas said it would make it mandatory for staff to have the COVID vaccination. So cabin crew, pilot and airport workers by November 15, everyone else within the organisation by the end of March 2022. But what about the rest of corporate Australia? Well, I spoke with two CEOs today both lead large front-facing workforces. So first of all, uh, Coles. Today it posted a fully net profit of a billion dollars. Its dividend rose to 61 cents per share. And while its supermarkets division is where it's making the bulk of its sales, the biggest increase came from liquor. For more, I spoke earlier with its CEO, Stephen Kane. Stephen, supermarket sales are nearly 10% above pre-COVID levels, liquor 15%, Express 14%. To what extent can this level of growth continue? Well, I think uh, everyone's expecting that when we get to a new normal, which we're expecting to be 2022 now when the vaccine rolls out, that uh, some of the demand will ease that we've seen. Um, some of it won't, but some of it will. Uh, and that'll be because people are returning to workplaces again and uh, cafes will be open and everything else. So there's no doubt that some of the sales that uh, increases that we've seen over the last couple of years are due to the fact that uh, the food service industry uh, has been temporarily uh, closed and so on. How different are your stores in a COVID world and how much of that change will continue? That's a good, good question. Um, and probably the most important part is, has been uh, the change in safety and hygiene that we've seen uh, through COVID. And um, clearly we work uh, very closely with all of the health departments in the States and the federal uh, health department as well to make sure that we keep a safe environment. And in fact, supermarkets are very safe. Um, Obviously, uh, what we did towards the end of uh, Q4 uh, was to start uh, easing off some of the uh, protocols that we had in place. Um, but what we've done uh, with the arrival of the Delta um, uh, uh, vaccine is to sort of double down and uh, or the Delta strain rather is to double down again. And we've got greeters on the doors to make sure that people, customers know they have to check in. Uh, we've got uh, some team members in isolation because if, uh, in some cases, if a positive customer has um, visited the store, we've had to isolate large numbers of team members. Uh, and so all of these things have impacted our operations. Some will stay and some will, uh, some will go, um, but uh, it'll always be based on the recommendations of the health departments uh, where we operate. You've got a very large workforce, more than 100,000, most of them on the front line. What's your vaccine policy? Yeah, well, our, our biggest challenge is to make sure that the security of the food supply um, is maintained. And um, all the evidence points to the fact that supermarkets are very safe places to work and shop. Uh, however, what we have seen with the Delta strain is that there are uh, in some places, uh, customers entering the stores that have um, tested positive or someone has caught, because we employ a lot of people, someone has caught um, uh, the, the virus uh, at home. Um, the biggest um, uh, uh, part of our supply chain to maintain food security are our DCs, and um, they were prioritised very early on by the New South Wales government as being uh, 
front of the queue for vaccine. And what we did was manage to secure the supply from the federal government, which was very kind of them. Uh, and we've brought those to the DCs. And the majority of our DC workers, uh, team members, are now vaccinated, which is great news. And, and it just shows you that if you bring the vaccination uh, to the team members, it works a lot better than if we um, uh, wait for everybody to get to these centres, because people are busy. Uh, or they can't get to these centres and the centres have been busy as well. For the team members in store um, in New South Wales, for example, uh, the government have uh, established a priority line for essential workers, of which we classify as those. And we are encouraging our team members to go and get vaccinated uh, from the stores. And we're giving them uh, six hours as part of their sick leave uh, to go and get vaccinated um, as well. Um, at the moment, the industry, the supermarket industry, is of the view that uh, we shouldn't mandate uh, vaccinations, we should encourage them, um, and uh, we'll see how that goes. But do you see a time where vaccines are mandatory for customers coming into your stores? Look, that'll be like everything else we've done, which is when it comes to health, uh, we have just relied on the local um, health authorities to determine what they would like to happen. And uh, we work with all these health departments. Our job is to try and make it as consistent as possible because as people return to traveling around the country, knowing the same process is in place everywhere you go is, uh, is important. The QR, car, the QR codes have been incredibly uh, successful, um, but you know, uh, we didn't have those in COVID-1. Um, and, you know, the vast majority of customers have got used to using them uh, now and it's become a bit of a, a bit of a habit. So we'll rely on the health departments to uh, tell us what they think is the right uh, thing to do. But um, uh, certainly our view at the moment is that we wouldn't be mandating uh, that to happen. Stephen Kane there, the CEO of Coles, and Coles also says COVID messaging within its distribution centres are in various languages and is working to expand its in-language employer assistance program, and Coles shares rose a one cent today to $18.34. That's Coles. Now let's talk about Domino's. It has a staff of 80,000 globally. The pizza maker saw full year net profit surge 29%, online sales up 22%, and shareholders will see a 45% increase in total dividend. I spoke with its CEO, Don May, today, and I first asked him how much of the profit was from organic growth and the pandemic. A small portion did come from the pandemic, um, largely um, some momentum still in um, France and in Japan. But by and large, it was real organic growth because we were actually in that half, half lapping last year where we saw a strong result in the tail end for Germany and Japan. So, you know, significant store openings, a record of 285 stores, um, strong same store sales of 9.3%. Um, and so, yeah, you know, in, what we've been investing in in the last three to five years has paid off now. And then and the engine room, um, online delivery up 21.5% and in constant currency over 26%. So, yeah, our investments are paying off. I guess a, a lot of the world's starting to reopen. Australia's taking a bit longer because we're in this outbreak. But what mm. happens when economies start going back to some sort of normality? In other words, can the growth that you're seeing in your business at these levels be maintained? Yeah, so um, we did see the great reopening in Europe, for example. And what happens is that, Delivery has remained high. It dips a little bit against its, its cadence during lockdowns. But if you look at it pre-lockdowns and you look at it even on a year-on-year -year basis, delivery is, is gaining more customers. And this was the trend pre-COVID. It sped up. 
We've now got a lot of light users that have now become users, which we weren't getting before, so they've now got enjoyed the Domino's experience. So delivery is still a strong um, driver. But what happens when we come out of lockdown is the rise of carrier. So we just had a magic summer. in, And, and I say magic because, you know, our peers, our team has been in lockdown, in curfews, suffering, doing an extraordinary job. Now, I can tell you, if you ring, try to call our offices in Europe, nobody's there. They're all on holidays right now. Um, and I've had a strong, you know, the, the performance has continued really strong. Uh, you've got around 80,000 team members globally, many of them on the front line, whether it be handing those pizzas over to customers, delivering. What's yeah. your vaccination policy, especially for those serving customers? So we, we're guided by the government. Um, we've said that all the way through, that this is science and the government mandates is what we're going to live by. So verbally, I'm fully vaccinated and most of our leadership are fully vaccinated and we talk about it. We say, look, we believe this is the right thing to do. We recommend you do it, uh, but it is still a personal choice by all of the 10 countries we operate in today. We do notice France going to mandates. So if, if France mandates it for frontline workers in, in, in the delivery and restaurant business, then, of course, we would follow that mandate, absolutely. But where we are, we've said all along that each jurisdiction will be driven by government and by science and, um, and we're adhering, adhering to that. Um, is it fair for me to assume that you've got, um, when, especially when it comes to delivery workers, you've got a young yet diverse workforce. What do you think your role is in the vaccination message to employees, especially potentially when it comes to in language, in their language? Yeah, so this is really, really appropriate. So we do, um, we've had uh, speakers come on to uh, webinars, um, for workplace uh, which by Facebook, which is one of our communication vehicles, to just try and deal with a lot of the myths. I mean, they live in social media and that's where a lot of the myths are being perpetrated around the world. And so doing as best a job we can um, to, to celebrate the freedom that comes with, with vaccines that we're seeing in other countries um, and, and encouraging, um, I mean, I've got four young children and uh, two are fully vaccinated, two are waiting because they're on the list. Um, but I've encouraged them. I said, look at the freedoms. If you're going to, if we're only going to get these freedoms um, with vaccination. So let's do the right thing. And final couple of questions, just back on the business. Free cash flow, 40% increase. What are you going to do with all that cash? Yeah, well, we increased our dividend. So we, we're now, we're, we had a policy of 70 to 80%. We've now lifted it to 80% on an ongoing basis. Um, where uh, we just acquired Taiwan and we settled out in the next couple of weeks. We've buying back the last one third in Germany on, in January 2023, um, and we're opening more stores. And finally, on innovation, Domino's is known to to be a leader when it comes to things like, I guess, um, robotic deliveries, drones, potentially, you know, the the innovation in your apps and and even pizza types. What's next? Well, our third generation of apps are rolling um, as we speak in the different countries. So Australia will get those in the next six months, apps and web. So for our ordering platforms, um, there's a huge investment in strategy and insights. Um, therefore, we can able to communicate more personally to customers without getting creepy. Um, we're very, privacy is really important to us. We have a very strict privacy rule in our business. Um, so how do we do that in a, in a less invasive way than we are today, but still serve the content that you want in our future of, of our technology? Our operational technology is a significant investment. So these are things the customer can't see, but it's why their pizzas are getting there hotter and fresher. Don May there, the CEO of Domino's and shares in Domino's up 7%. 
The Australian share market, though, it fell today only slightly, 0.1% on the S&P ASX 200 to 7,502. For more, I spoke earlier with Luke Laradov from Seneca Financial Solutions. Luke, what's driving the market today? Look, we've seen some strong results and some weaker results from some of the index heavyweights. So the market's broadly flat. Uh, we saw some good re- good reporting from Domino's and ProMedicus and some weaker numbers from CSL, but BHP also he- weighing heavily on the index today. Okay, let's talk in more detail about BHP. Shares down, why? And what do investors think about the way BHP seems to be repositioning itself? Look, I think the main important thing for shareholders to remember here is this is a bit of an arbitrage opportunity for between the London BHP, which is now unifying with the Australian head company BHP. So uh, the London business has traded at a historical 15% discount to the Australian business. That's for a range of reasons. But most importantly, the BHP stock was actually up in London last night and the Australian stock is down today about 8%, sort of closing that 15% gap. So that's kind of been the reason for the share price decline. The result itself was fine dividend ahead of expectations and the business continues to perform well. I spoke earlier with the CEOs of Domino's and Coles, so we don't need to go into detail about those profits, but it's another huge reporting day today. Which one's caught your attention? Look, I'm really impressed by the global packaging giant Amcor's results, um, delivering 16% earnings growth for shareholders, increasing margins, even in what has been rising material costs and some supply chain issues, which you know have impacted a range of ASX-listed industrial businesses. Um, billion dollars in free cash flow, 47 cents dividend for the year. Uh, really happy for shareholders and a, and a great result from Amcor. Okay, another one, and it's one of the largest companies in Australia, CSL. It's also in the vaccine business. What did you make of its uh, lift in profit? Look, CSL is a really high quality business, and once again, it's it's beat the top end of its earnings guidance for another year, um, despite some material headwinds from COVID nineteen. Uh, the main thing that investors are worried about and why the shares are down about 2% today is really around plasma collections. Uh, it's a key uh, raw material input, realistically, for a lot of their products, um, and it has been difficult for them to be able to collect that plasma, which is down about 20% uh, on this time last year uh, You know, in this environment. So uh, people locked at home, can't get to the clinics. Um, they're having to pay more for collections that's impacting their margins. So some of the guidance was a little bit weaker than the market expected, and, and as a result, the the shares were down. Okay, if we talk about trends so far this reporting season, what are you seeing? Strong dividend growth has been the major the major theme from this reporting season, at least from my perspective. Uh, we've seen a number of the uh, companies report growth in dividends and, and higher growth across both resources and industrial companies. Uh, the likes of the mining companies, obviously, uh, returned a lot of capital to shareholders, but even st- industrial companies like ARB or, or Suncorp also um, increased their dividend. It, it is interesting, though, these companies that are um, spitting off a lot of cash at the moment in a relatively buoyant economy, um, is, is this the best for them long term? We saw, uh, you know, Breville actually cut their dividend uh, and are investing in working capital for the future. So it's going to be really interesting to see whether uh, paying out dividends now or retaining them and investing them for future growth ends up being the best strategy for some of these companies. And where do you see investment opportunities right now? Look, M&A has been the real theme of the last sort of quarter. And, you know, there's a number of mid-cap companies that could be strategic bolt-on acquisitions for some of their larger competitors, uh, either looking to vertically integrate or gain market share. Uh, We've seen activity and rumours circulating around, you know, the fintech space and and with the likes of Afterpay getting taken, but also Iris and Premium. Uh, We've seen activity in the agricultural sector with AACO, uh, Hewen, A2 Milk, um, and Elders even a little bit. 
so the, the numbers are looking, um, you know, pretty good for a lot of these companies, and the outlook for acquisitions now is um, is really on the cards. Luke Larrative there from Seneca Financial Solutions. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision.